this week on The Startup Life. I noticed that because entrepreneurship has become so trendy, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of basic steps that are being missed um, in regards to solidifying your future. All right, Startup Nation. So let's take flight with Dr. Nicole Garner-Scott, founder and CEO of Amount Financial. The startup life begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. Hey, Startup Nation. Do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose from the label yourself, make your own luck, and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. We have uh, Miss Nicole Scott here in the building. What's going on, Miss Scott? How are you? All right. You ready to pour some knowledge in the Startup Nation today? I am. Awesome. Awesome. So let's get started. So tell me, what's your story behind your path of entrepreneurship? So my story um, is is kind of different. I feel like when I was very, very young, I was ushered into the world of entrepreneurship. So as a young girl, I was the candy lady. I was the, <laughs> had the lemonade stands, gotcha. figuring out ways for everyone in the neighborhood to get on my business venture at the moment, gotcha. etc. And I come from a family of very humble beginnings, so I had to get really creative on understood how to <clears throat> how to get money for different things. It was one time the ice cream man was coming through the neighborhood and I was like, Dad, I need a dollar, like not just a quarter. I need a dollar for the big ice cream. And he was like, well, the quarter ice cream will do. And I was like, you know what? I got to figure out how to make my own money. I hear that. (laughs) I I definitely hear that. So what about like as it relates to your business, like how you got started? Why Mm -hmm. why finance? Why this? Why this? this path sure mm-hmm. so um, as I've been in the entrepreneurial space for over 15 years now. gotcha okay um, I started with a PR agency the Gardner Circle PR which mm-hmm. I still do some national projects with that okay and um, in the world of finance what I started to realize is a lot of people in business were not on a wealth track gotcha. and I know that because that's from personal experience too I went to uh, an amazing conference a few years ago and I heard Dr. Joel Tanker okay. talk about how um, almost 80% of entrepreneurs are not wealthy mm. and really broke down the why because we're, we're all so passion driven, but we're not taking time to plan for retirement. We're not taking time to get into investments. Um, we're not doing tax planning and figuring out different things with our finances. So, and I knew that I was on that track that if I didn't hurry up and fix some things, then I would continue being passionate about everything but have no opportunities for generational wealth or anything right. else Absolutely. Um, to pass down. So I really started delving into the world of finances. I started my certifications with the IRS. I uh, completed my MBA. Nice. Um, in regards to that and just did a bunch of different things as far as really heightening my knowledge base in the world of finance and that's what brought me to launching Amount Financial. 
Nice, nice, nice. So let me ask you this. What was your, you know, you talked about, you know, uh, candy lady, model, and stuff <laughs> like that. What was your first business idea? Um, so, yes, the the lemonade stand was my actually okay. my first business okay. idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, just me and my friends, we were young, you know, watching Charlie Brown. and <laughs> <laughs> Everything else inspired that. And I just came up with the idea during the summertime. I was like, you know what? Everyone gets thirsty. Mm-hmm. Let's let's make this happen. Let's see if it can happen in our community. Um, and so that was that was the first. And and I think no matter how old you are, once you make that first dollar yourself, then that lights that entrepreneurial fire in you, and mm. you're like, oh, I can, I can do this off of my own merit. I, hear I can make money. I hear that. Um, and that just continued into other ventures throughout high school and college. My last year of college is when I actually started my PR agency. I had an internship. Um, with an agency and their client was Delta and the program was helping young African-American boys get into the world of aviation and so this was like a little side project for them they didn't they weren't really invested in it I felt like it was amazing because how many African-American pilots do you see even now Right, absolutely and so we were able to get over 800 boys involved in the program take them out to the Smithsonian in DC give them really hands-on experience Mm -hmm. to a world that they might not have considered and so when I finished and I was getting ready to graduate the company was like well hey we'll just hire you on to take over this project send us your EIN number and your um, business bank account, etc. And I was like, oh, great. Gotcha. And I hung up the phone and I was started to hop on Google, like, what is an EIN number? <laughs> and gotcha. what is, uh, and how do I get this right. back? And I got it going, hopped on the phone with the IRS, got everything going very quickly, and um, just really jumped into the world of entrepreneurship from a very serious level. I hear that. It's funny you mention that because uh, the previous president, Barack Obama, uh, before he decided to run for president, mm-hmm. he, he actually wasn't going to do it. And so he talked to uh, Dick Durbin, who said, you know, sometimes you choose the moment, sometimes the moment chooses you. Yep. And so it seems like that's kind of what happened with you, mm-hmm. where you had to, you know, like, we'll just hire you. Like, oh, okay, I need to find this, this, <laughs> that, and the other. So mm-hmm. that's actually a really cool story. Thank you for sharing that. Uh-huh. So let me ask you this. As an entrepreneur, what inspires you and why does that particular thing inspire you? What inspires me is being able to make an impact in the community. I, I feel like it's part of my calling to be in the entrepreneur space. Mm-hmm. A lot of my gifts that I was blessed with and just what God put on my life is really a level of economic empowerment. I really do that from a standpoint of like financial literacy and just really, really keeping it real with a lot of entrepreneurs. I, hear that. I, hear that. I, I noticed that because entrepreneurship has become so trendy, mm-hmm. there are a lot of basic steps that are being missed um, right. in regards to solidifying your future or really running and operating the business so you can scale it, so you can grow it, so it can be an entity where you can hire and empower other people. Absolutely. And so those are just some of the things that I feel like God has placed on my heart. That's what I, I love doing in the world of entrepreneurship. So, Ms. Scott, if I could, a follow-up question with that. You know, why do you think, because, you know, some entrepreneurs, you know, they, you know, they're successful. They have that wealth building, generational wealth building in place because they learn those things like finance and tax prep and things of that nature. Where, where do you think that 80% number that you talked about, where do you, why do you think they didn't get that information or that education? Um, my parents and our okay. parents' parents. Mm-hmm. And um, if you come from 
a environment of just trying to make it, mm-hmm. then you're like, well, the next generation will have to figure it out themselves too. Gotcha. Because we figured it out ourselves. And many of us come from that environment. I didn't even I didn't even start to really learn that money is a tool until later in life. Um, because if you come from an area of lack with money, then money is like the enemy to you. Like right. you, you already have a negative connotation. There's never enough of it. When you got it, it left you so quickly. Right. Um, <laughs> it right. hurts your feelings. Mm-hmm. It, you know, you already have this negative rapport with the, with money. And then even, you know, your grandparents telling you money is the root of all evil and, you know, so many different right, things. Right, so your, right. your outlook and your perspective on money is completely different. So you're not even trying to understand the language of it and understand the power of what it can afford you in so many different areas so that you take it seriously. And if you come from an environment where you don't really open your bills, you know, you just toss them to the side or they stay on the kitchen mm-hmm. counter. Um, until one day it just backs up and you throw it all away. Or if you are used to answering the phone for your parents and they're like, that's a bill collector, hang up. Like you're, those, all those things become some subconsciously a part of your money story. Right. And so you want to really, really adamantly break that cycle. Thank you for sharing that because it's funny you mentioned that because the thing is like a lot of times, you know, like you said, we don't get that education. We don't get that from our parents. The only reason I know uh, what I know about finance because I used to work at the bank. Had mm-hmm. I not worked there, mm-hmm. I would probably be you know behind the curve as well. So mm-hmm. it, it really does take that one person you know to kind of break that cycle. You know, and it is even hard for that person to even break through in the first place. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. thank you for mentioning that. That's really uh, important stuff. What do you wish you would have known before you started your first business? Um, the power of no. Okay. I think that. Um, especially as a woman in business too, mm. um, always saying yes to everything. You feel like every opportunity, every potential client, every uh, thing that's presented to you, you have to say yes. And in my 20s, that led me to burnout very quickly. Gotcha. Um, and then I started to learn that what is my why and what is the blueprint for where I'm trying to go and every opportunity is not a good opportunity. I hear that. Have you worked in uh, corporate America before? I did. My okay. my very first year, so when I graduated from college, I was balancing my agency on um, from from 5 to 9, mm-hmm. and then going to work from 9 to 5. Okay. Mm-hmm. So did you have, like, you know, maybe a bad boss from time to time, or maybe a supervisor that you wasn't too fond of? You don't I, have to name names. It's sure, okay. sure. <laughs> I won't. Safe I won't, because it all, it all helps you to where you are. Right. Um, I had a micromanager boss, and mm. that was... I feel like it's the most debilitating type of boss because they don't empower you to fly. And um, micromanagers won't even allow the best of your ability to showcase. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So I guess that leads me to the question, like, what did you learn? Is that what you basically learned, like, from yeah. a bad boss, like, you know? Yeah, and, that's, know. and it, I implement that into my own practice, too. Gotcha. So just with my staff, I don't think the goal is to hold on to somebody for 40 or 50 years. I hear that. Right? Because you're in the entrepreneur space. Your goal is to grow that person in the season that they're supposed to be with you, and then and then hopefully they learn what they need to to go off and, you know, make better things happen. Gotcha. And if you were a great boss, you guys will still continue to figure out how to make money together. I hear that. I hear um, that. A lot of my former interns and staff and whatnot, we continuously work together on different projects because mm-hmm. it's a big 
worldwide web out there. It's it's a whole um, magnitude of things transpiring all the time, and you can't cover it all. So right. that great synergy is always there. I hear that. Let me ask you this, and this is a, a quick follow-up. You know, when you talk about, you know, it, it shouldn't be ideal to keep somebody 40, 50 years in your space, this, and the other. Do you think that's, like, from a, per- a person who's being selfish and don't want to let that see that person fly, as you say, or do you think like they're afraid to kind of start over in that role or they're afraid to rehire somebody in that role? Where do you think that comes a from? A lot of that is from fear of rehiring. And, okay. that's, and that stems from not having your systems in place. Gotcha. So when you look at corporations, I mean, they keep it rolling for decades and decades on time because right. they have an onboarding process. They have an HR person. This mm-hmm. is what is needed. They have peer-to-peer coach once you start and this is your manual all those different things that for those of us who've worked in corporate I'm not sure why you don't apply that to your own business like why don't you have a manual in place so someone else can figure out how to pick up where they left off why don't you have some training mechanisms sit down and do a few videos yourself it's too easy to just even just get on your iPhone and say hey this is how I like business done. I right. want you, when you come in the morning, you do this, you check this, you such and such, you shoot that video over to your staff, and in 60 days to 90 days, they should be on board. So it might, it might be a little annoying for those two or three months, but mm-hmm. at least you know that you can continuously keep this going no matter who stays and who goes. Absolutely. How do you market or advertise? Do you use social media at all? I use social media a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm at the end of the millennial, because I'm like mid-30s, I don't even really, it's a new word. Right. The zennials, zennials Zen. or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw, uh, we have a mutual friend, uh, Cynthia Daniels. Yes. She, she, she posted, posted the zennials, yeah. right. Yeah, I, I'm in that same space. Like, because me and my wife, we, we have that, uh, that discussion all the time. Either we're the last of the Gen X or we're the first of the millennials. So right. no, I, I know exactly right. where you're uh, coming from. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. So I grew up, um, not necessarily in my younger years, but at least throughout my 20s, um, internet, social media, etc., was a very big part of it. So mm-hmm. I communicate very well through social media. And I feel like it's imperative. It's, it's free. Mm-hmm. And um, if you want to do it from a higher level, you invest some, but you hit your target a lot more, whereas you might be spending millions on billboards and people might not look up or right. they don't act immediately from seeing it. What did you learn from your biggest failure? What did I learn from my biggest failure? I would have to say that going with your gut. I hear that. Mm-hmm. I, um, there was some times in life that I took on some clients that I didn't feel good about or I knew I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And I proceeded to do it anyway, and then it didn't work out. And I was like, I should have just went with my gut. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Kind of got that, that funny feeling like mm-hmm. this ain't going to work out. Right. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair mm-hmm. enough. Uh, entrepreneurs consider themselves lifelong, lifelong learners. They mm-hmm. always engage in professional development, things of that nature. What does professional development mean to you, and what are you learning now? Um, I'm wrapping up my MBA program. Okay. I'm taking it with Strayer, their um, digital entrepreneurship program. Mm-hmm which has been very, very insightful, very excited about that. I have to do a certain amount of continued education through the IRS okay. and um, through my different financial platforms. Gotcha. So once you step into the space of finances, it changes year after year, laws uh, yeah, changes. absolutely. Um, and things of that nature, so you can't just sit back and chill. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Definitely this continuous uh, spiral of learning. Mm-hmm. Any books you're reading or uh, anything like that or 
just kind of just mostly focus on the MBA program and uh, keeping up with uh, financial regulations and stuff like that? No, um, I'm always reading. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a book by Jen Sincero called You're a Badass at Making Money. Okay. Really, really good because it talks about the mindset of mm-hmm. making money and um, having abundant um, ways of thinking and not operating in a space of loss. Gotcha. And I don't even think a lot of us realize that we do that. Where we're, I remember um, it was one time I was watching a YouTube, I think it was a Tony Robbins, and mm-hmm. it just talked about how you you know you're operating in the space of loss when you can look at your toothbrush and your toothpaste. So are you the type that once your toothpaste starts run, running low, you're like, okay, I'm just going to go buy some more? Or do you operate in scarcity where you're like squeezing the last of the toothpaste, you have it rolled up, <laughs> right. you're in the air for five minutes trying to get the very last drop of the Colgate out of the bottle, right. and that's like a scarcity mindset where you can just – go and free yourself and buy some more toothpaste and not even put yourself through these type of stressors. Gotcha. And, and I know since you're in your MBA program, this may kind of uh, be a bit of a doozy, but we'll just go for it. Uh, some say in order to be successful as an entrepreneur, you need like a form of education, networking, go to colleges, any other. Some people say you just need work ethic and a dream. Mm-hmm. So, Miss Scott, where do you stand on that spectrum? Depends on your industry. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that some things you can get away without having formal education and you still got that formal education in some way or another it might have just not been in a school environment gotcha so you might have taken on your family business and your father has been prepping you for that role for years so you actually formally do know how to do a lot of different things it just didn't happen in a classroom or you might just be so gifted in another area that you can make that happen and you had other corporate experience where you can round it out and make it make sense gotcha um for me, school is about learning how to deal with life a little bit better, mm-hmm. like learning deadlines, okay. learning that you have to put some work into it, um, connecting with other personality types as an adult. Sure. Those type of things is pretty much what I took away from school. I can't say that what I learned in the classroom was as beneficial. Um, my internships helped me a lot more, but I probably wouldn't have got those internships not being in school. So it just, it just depends on the industry. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, one last question before we go to break, what does your average day look like from sunup to sundown? What does that look like? Um, so it depends what time time of the year it is. Okay. If it's tax season, then sunup to sundown looks like taxes. Gotcha. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) Um, outside of that, I do a lot of business strategy, um, financial planning, consulting, and teaching a lot of financial literacy workshops, etc. So mm-hmm. it could be doing um, prospecting for new client growth in the morning, okay. um, actually fulfilling financial services throughout the day. So it could be um, handling credit repair, credit restoration. I do Forex training as well. Okay. Um, some of those different things. And then at night, it's just always continued education. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. How you like being on the Startup Life so far, Ms. Scott? This is fun. This is fun? Uh-huh. Okay. All right, cool. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. My name is Dominic Lawson, and you're listening to The Startup Life.
If you are a teacher looking for great resources, look no further than our Teaching with Al section of our website. Enjoy great lessons such as our mini lesson for the story of an hour or dive into the Nixon presidency as part of our legacy series. Enjoy great peace of mind from our units as they are Common Core line. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation, so let's continue. So, Miss Scott, let me ask you this. What's the best and worst piece of advice you've ever gotten? The best piece of advice that I've ever gotten Mm -hmm. is that you only have one life to make it count. Um, if you don't take care of yourself, um, if you don't do self-care, if you don't put time into slowing down, um, then as soon as your health breaks and everything else, then you make this life very difficult for yourself. Gotcha. Um, worst piece of advice is to go for what's fair hmm. and fair doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> go for what's fair. <laughs> That, that's an interesting one, but mm-hmm. no, I, to, I totally understand that one. <laughs> um, let me ask you this, and I think you kind of spoke to it a little bit as far as like, you know, uh, people, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, 80% of them, that, you know, that figure you gave earlier. What's a popular misconception about business or the life of an entrepreneur? Because like, as you said, like, it's very trendy. And mm-hmm. A lot of people like, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a boss, I'm a CEO, mm-hmm. right? And so we have a lot of people who are like that, but, you know, they find themselves in a world of hurt once they actually engage in that life. So what do you think is a popular misconception about that? I think social media Mm. um, makes everyone think that entrepreneurship is easy. I hear that. I have a... um, I also have a digital organization called 100 Female Entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. and we do a lot of breaking the misconception and teaching things that really need to happen. So... Like what is what is your exit strategy? Gotcha. You know, like what is how do you prepare your business for a pitch competition or for a financial investor? I hear that. Just different things that we don't talk about enough. They're not glamorized on social media. You don't see those different things, but those are the maker and breakers when it comes to doing this business for for the long run. Mm-hmm. I hear that. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. How did you get the concept or the idea for uh, Amount Financial? Like, you know, why did you why did you decide to call it Amount Financial as opposed to I don't know uh, Scott Financial right. or something like that, right? So, right. Yeah. There's so the word amount means a lot to me. There's mm-hmm. there's an amount that we all need that takes us from basically just making it through life to really thriving in life. Okay. And so the goal of our agency is to help you get that amount in a multitude of ways. Okay. Um, the concept is, uh, when it comes to financial services, it is almost doing an injustice just to do the service for people and not have the classes and the mindset training and the uh, educational pieces in place. Mm-hmm. So if we just perform your taxes and you go out and you spend all your tax money on new Jordans and 26 inch hair weave and everything, <laughs> you know, everything right. else, then it's, it's gone before you even got a chance to do right. anything with it. But if we show you how you can really start your, you know, take your business seriously or how you can put some way to invest and put yourself in a better position, then each year you're growing, you see your growth, and mm-hmm. you're helping to get out of whatever situation you were handed. I hear that. Like, and then like we always say, Startup Nation, you know, when it comes to like a new pair of Jordans, think about not owning a new pair of Jordans, but owning a share of Nike Stock. in exactly. that regard. So mm-hmm. absolutely, thank you for sharing that. It reinforces what I'm talking about on the show all the time. Now, you talked about that you have like uh, interns and staff members and stuff like that. 
uh, in your business. Let me ask you this. When you look for an employee or to hire a new employee, what are you looking for? What character traits are you looking for? What, you know, because I know, I, I would imagine uh, you got to have some, you got to have the right fit, right? So who helps tell that story? Those with work ethic. Mm-hmm. I feel like strong work ethic and a real passion to learn and some of the other things can be taught. Gotcha. But you can't really teach. Like if you feel like it's not important to come to work uh, on time, there's nothing I could do except fire you. But I gotcha. can't. <laughs> gotcha. I, it's, it's nothing I could do if that's not a personal belief that you have or if you're the type of person that's like, that's above my pay grade to do that or... Um, I'm only doing the bare minimum that mm. life requires. Those are those are deeply ingrained character pieces. But if you have passion to want to learn, to be the best you can be, to excel higher, to show up and show out every single day because that matters to you, then the other skill sets can be taught. Let me ask you this, and we're going to actually go in a different direction uh, in this part of the show right now. Do entrepreneurs, you know, and, and in this political landscape that we have, you know, you know, uh, with the president, you know, NFL protests and any other, mm-hmm. do entrepreneurs have an obligation to take on social issues? Yes or no? I don't think that you cannot because so much affects what you're doing. Okay. So, for the longest before Obamacare, mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, it used to be like, well, let me see how how many years I can get away without health insurance. Gotcha. You, like that would <laughs> that would be a real right. discussion you would have with yourself. Absolutely. Like, you know what? I, I don't see myself having children in the next few years. I feel pretty healthy. I'm going to skip that bill. Mm-hmm. And when Obamacare came out, it was loads and loads of people finally. Getting, especially in the business space, getting insurance for the first time. Right. And I thought it was such a beautiful thing. And so the, the fact that it's been attacked at such a high level is so um, disparaging in regards to just an entrepreneurial space. But even understanding um, what's happening on the government mm-hmm. plays a role in business. Okay. What the government supports, what they don't support, what's happening on a foreign level. Um, those are things that you have to be very conscious of. And then also, too, I feel like there is there's a beauty to being an entrepreneur because you can stand up for things and not have to worry about being fired. I hear that. I so, definitely hear that. So um, you can put up Black Lives Matter and you don't have to worry about your coworkers going to your boss and calling you a hostile employee, right. et cetera. So, so why would you not utilize your voice? And mm-hmm. if you lose, you might lose some business because of it right Right. so you you might proclaim your faith and you might lose some business become because of it you might have some activism sides to you you lose some business but is that the business that you really want where you can't even you're doing all this to to be yourself to work for yourself and um you're not even you're still caged in you know by your own mentality so i think it's a beautiful thing that you can you actually have the rights to get involved without high-level consequences. Absolutely. Using that platform for good. Yeah, I Correct. hear that. I hear mm-hmm. that. I hear that. Uh, let me ask you this, because, you know, you just recently moved to Memphis, so welcome. Thank you. Um, so, uh, and I know you're, you know, trying to get, you know, get, you know, set up here and established here, this, that, and the other. 
Why do you think Memphis is a good place for your business? So we, we relocated here because my mm-hmm. husband um, is working with Nike Corporate. And okay. um, that's what brought us to Memphis. Gotcha. But I'm excited about Memphis okay. um, just with what it has to offer. There's a level of one of my friends, he's a lawyer here. Mm-hmm. And when we were just coming to visit the city and see where we want to stay and all of that good stuff, I asked him. He, he moved away from Memphis. He came back. And I asked him, what, you know, what is it that you love? He said, the authenticity of the city. He's like, what you see is what you get. It's true. And <laughs> he was like, you might like it, you might not like it. Right. But it's, it's, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And um, being born and raised in Atlanta, Atlanta started off like that. Like that, we call, we have a funny saying in Atlanta, where we call it old Atlanta and new Atlanta. Okay. And so Atlanta started off being genuine like that. And it was um, like family oriented and people were very honest with each other and whatnot. And now it's matriculated into being something different, which it, that comes with this good and this bad. Right. Of but course. I do like that um, authentic side of it. I've met so many good people here. Thus far, I I love the accent. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I love the accent, and you know, it's just it, it's the energy of of something new too. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm really, really working to get very vested into the Memphis community, from the church we go to to um, starting some mentorship programs to connecting. Um, once again, you said like Cynthia Daniels, she's mm-hmm. just an amazing Absolutely. dot connector. And I keep meeting people like your, yourself, like her. Um, <laughs> like, I, I mean, at, at Cowork Memphis, that's where mm-hmm. our oh, yeah. office is. Right. And it's, it's a lot of people just working to make this all happen. Absolutely. And as long as I'm surrounded by energy like that, then I'm I'm excited. I hear that. I hear mm-hmm. that. The, the thing is, like, we we have a great opportunity. We believe here as Memphians here in the city to to really start to grow and scale, uh, like in Atlanta, because I know Atlanta is kind of like the hot spot now. A lot of people from all over the country, you mm-hmm. know, want to come to Atlanta, this that, and the other. And I wonder if that's where the old Atlanta, new Atlanta dynamic comes from. There's like a lot of transplants into that city. And it, maybe it's changing I, I how was, it looks. Or yeah, I, I'm born and raised Atlanta, mm-hmm. and, and and I do a lot still in the city. Right. Um. And any given moment, people will be like, "Where are you from?" And I will say Atlanta, and they be like, "Wow." Right. Meeting someone from Atlanta like in it, Atlanta right. is very rare. <laughs> right. I I don't run into that in Memphis. Like <laughs> right. meeting people truly from Memphis right. is, is very common. Mm-hmm. Um, well, believe it or not, like that that dynamic is slowly changing as well. Oh, believe okay. it, it okay. is because mm-hmm. we're starting to have. Uh, I think ever since uh, was it Forbes or Entrepreneur rated us as one of the number four spot in the country for millennials. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of people, a mm-hmm. lot of millennials, young young professionals mm-hmm. actually moved to the city. So we're we're not there yet, uh-huh. but we're starting to get that get to that point. But I didn't mean to cut you. But it still feels good to be in Memphis and it's people here from Memphis. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not such a rarity um, for that. And I felt like a lot of old Atlanta got left behind. Mm. Like, the progression that you see in Atlanta, you very rarely see Atlanta natives as a part of that. Gotcha. And um, myself was, was one of the few that transitioned from growing up in a place called College Park, Georgia, Mm -hmm. and still... Um, being able to be success- successful in the new Atlanta side, but most of old Atlanta gets forgotten about. Gotcha. Um, I hope in the the 
city of Memphis that it's a merge or it's like a beautiful merge between the two. Right. And Mm -hmm. I I think we can coexist between native and transplant. Mm -hmm. I welcome it because the thing is, whether you're native or transplant, anybody who wants to come and move this city forward, I'm all for Mm -hmm. it. So, Mm -hmm. no, I'm glad you shared that. Thank you for that. I appreciate Mm -hmm. that. Um, you talked earlier um, about you know going with your gut and maybe uh, going with a client. Maybe you shouldn't have this, yet, any other. Uh, is there a story you can tell us about how you had to turn down a client, and how it wasn't a great fit? You know, and you don't have to name names. You know, <laughs> to protect the infamous or you know innocent, however you want to look at it. But you can tell us a story that would be great. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, in my PR space, um, there was an opportunity to work with a very high level celebrity. They had a lot of craziness going on. Okay. (laughs) And um, I turned that down immediately because it just didn't fall into my, what I felt comfortable for my life. Mm -hmm. So when you work with very high-strung people who have a lot of negativity surrounding them, they don't have personal boundaries, meaning they'll call you at 2 a.m. and be like, this is going on, and can you help with this? Or, you know, those people expect you to be on their beck and call. And then I needed to be able to sleep at night, too. So I don't want to work to help you give a facade that you're a good person when you're not a good person. Gotcha. And it's no judgment. I mean, right. everybody has different things that, you know, of course. all of us have moments that we're not proud of. Right. But I don't want to involve other people into my moments. I need to figure those things out myself. Right, mm-hmm. right. And then sometimes people are just not a good fit for right. one another, right? Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, good intentions, but just not a good fit. Correct. No, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, piece, one piece of advice for somebody just starting out on their path of entrepreneurship that people do business with people and not brands. I hear that. So um, making sure, I I think that as technology continues to evolve and um, a lot of us get further and further away from the human element, but that is what keeps you in business a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, Once again, this is, I'm going on year 15 of being in business and I pick up the phone, I still speak to people, I still reach out to people, I sit down with people and I convey who I am as a person, my my values, my mission, those things I still do a lot because you can't, I mean, everyone's Instagram starts to look the same over time. Mm, <laughs> everyone's true. website starts to look the same. You know, it's just, it's, it's the nature of the beast that subconsciously a lot of what's being put out there starts to mimic each other all left and right. So. Mm what is that differentiating factor and it's you it's what you bring to the table right and there could be a million let's say you make cupcakes you have a a cupcake cakery or a a bakery (laughs) or whatever it's funny you mentioned that because on on the show Mm -hmm. uh, when I give examples about a different uh, business uh, uh, vocabulary word or like a different business uh, venture or whatever I always Uh use cupcakes so, uh-huh. But uh, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. why I was laughing. Because cupcakes became very, very popular. <laughs> they did, didn't uh-huh. they? Right. And um, then everybody became gluten-free. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But um, in regards to cupcakes, there could be a million people who make cupcakes, but people just might want to support you. Mm. Like, they might, they know you since you were a young girl, and, and they feel like, they love seeing that you stepped out on your dreams and they will buy every birthday of someone in their family, every holiday, mm-hmm. etc. from you. And it's right. you that they're buying it from. Right. So I think um, as you continue down your journey in business, don't lose yourself because that is really all you have left to define 
why people do business with you. I hear that. That's an excellent point. That's an excellent point, Startup Nation. Remember, people do business with people, not brands. So remember that. Uh, who are your mentors? Um, so my father is definitely one of my mentors. Okay. Um, I, I definitely have, um, my birthday's in July, so I'm a cancer. So every so often, it's like I have the chicken little moment where it's like, oh my gosh, what am I doing with my life? And this and that and such and such. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, after after making great strides and I have those moments and my dad is always there to give me very logistical perspectives. I like, slow down. Is this a part of your why? What's your reason? Where do you see this going in the next few years? Like, mm-hmm. he just always, always has that element that makes me be like, <laughs> okay, all right, okay, I get it. Yes, I'm on track. Everything's fine. Chill out, Nicole. Gotcha. <laughs> um, I have another mentor. Her name is Dion Mahaffey, and um, met her when I was interning in college, and she is just able to balance a lot like she when you think of a woman that has it all she has it all from really being in tune to her family really being a great mother mm-hmm. really being great in business I heard that. Um, really st- taking care of herself still traveling and um, it was a lot of women that I was seeing that something a big part of their life was falling apart in some area either they were great in business but their children were like breaking into the bank mm-hmm. or you know they were great mothers but They've been sitting on business ideas for the last 10 years and, and it's dreams deferred or whatnot. Right. And she really showed me um, how to how to chunk out your day so you can make a lot happen mm-hmm. and how to really maximize life at its truest potential. I hear that. I hear that. Um, I believe all entrepreneurs have a superpower. What's yours and why? I think my superpower is audacity. I hear that. And <laughs> so that. it's the audacity to do certain things. Um, a lot of why I've been able to make a lot happen in my life is just because I had the audacity to ask for it, to go for it, mm-hmm. to reach out to someone. All they could do is tell me no. Right. And no hasn't scared me since I was six years old. So um, if I get a no, hopefully they can tell me why. You know, maybe you're not a good fit or we're looking for someone who's done this longer, et cetera. And then I'll just put that in my spreadsheet and be like, okay, I'll do it longer. And then I'll follow back up with you then. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the audacity to, to do it. Gotcha. And that a lot of people ask, being that I'm born and raised in Atlanta, you know, are you nervous about the move to Memphis or mm-hmm. anything? I travel a lot. I've always traveled a lot for business. So um, I haven't been nervous because I just feel like you can make life what you want it to be. And I think anywhere you go, if you love it, it'll love you back. I hear that. So if I wake up every day saying, I love what Memphis has to offer, then I'm going to get that energy back. Okay. So, Miss Scott, this is the point of the show where if you got like any specials or if you just want to plug the business in general, the floor is yours to do just that. Thank you. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as entrepreneurs, we'll plug. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, I want to encourage everyone to visit our website, amountfinancial.com. It's A M O U N T financial.com, and register to get our money making audit, which is free. So, you can just kind of see. Um, in business where your money's going um, or even in your personal too like how are you really tracking your money and what are you doing with it and how are you making every day a money making day 
Um, Also, as we approach tax season in January, make sure that you consider um, uh, Amount Financial in conjunction with New Republic. Our tax offices, we have four in Memphis. Um, We have our credit camp which is coming up at the top of the year, too, to help you with your business credit and your personal credit because so many of us have gotten away from that and it's still so very essential to just do a lot of what you're doing to progress. And if you are on Instagram or Twitter, you can follow us at at Amount Financial and my personal is at Dr. Garner Scott. All right, all right. And Startup Nation, you'll see all those credentials there in the show notes. So before we wrap up today, Ms. Scott, any pardon advice, any pardon uh, advice or anything you want to share out there with Startup Nation before we cut out? Um, I think one great piece of advice that I was given younger that's helped is to have a limitless mindset. Okay. So um, if you have children now or just young mentees, cousins, nephews, take them around and show them the possibility of not living with limits. I hear that. So drive them through one of these neighborhoods with these million dollar houses and say that could be yours. Put them in a car that is, a, you know, a, a great opportunity and say that could be yours. Bring them up to the Startup Life office and have them <laughs> look out the office across the city and be like, this could be yours. Absolutely. And Thank as you, you as you start to really tell people that nothing's stopping you from getting here except you, um, it'll just change the trajectory of somebody's life. I heard that. I heard that. So that's going to do it for the Startup Life today. Ms. Scott, thank you for joining. Did you enjoy it? I did. Okay, cool, I did. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. All right, cool. All right, Startup Nation. So here's my final take. So what Dr. Scott does in Amount Financial is so super important, not to just the entrepreneur, but also to the everyday person who don't, have, who don't run a business. There are so many misconceptions and misleading things about money and how finance and money works that people like Dr. Scott uh, can really show you the ropes as far as like, you know, how credit is established, how, you know, people invest and so many other things, which is why I'm so glad she moved from Atlanta and now here in the Memphis area to help so many people here in the Bluff City. If you want to let us know what you think about the show or would like to advertise on our show, send us an email using the address in the show notes. Subscribe to The Startup Life as it can now be heard on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio and SoundCloud. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.